welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller with AIM. We're recording this episode on location in the Indiana State House in the office of Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch. Lieutenant Governor, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Matt. It's great to have you here, and it's great to have AIM as a partner in the General Assembly. And boy, we had some good results, didn't we? (laughs) Absolutely. We'll get into those here in just a little bit. But first, this spring, we had the unfortunate circumstance of some tornadoes hitting Sullivan and Whiteland primarily in, in Indiana, you were one of the first folks on the scene. Uh, you know, whether it was a planned trip or a spontaneous stopping by, I know you stopped a few times in Sullivan. I, it was really important, I think, to those communities, to those leaders in those communities that to have your presence there. What were some of your impressions and what did you take away from those experiences? Well, I wanted you know, to be there for Mayor Lamb in Sullivan. Um, and I consider him to be a good mayor and you know while he has decided not to run again you know he has done an incredible job and just wanted to be there had talked to the governor before I went um, so that he had that awareness but I wanted to be there so that the state would be there as a partner and Mayor Lamb and the community of Sullivan knew that we were there committed to helping them as they recovered from this incredible disaster and when you visit, and I know you have too, Matt, when you visit places like that that have been devastated by tornadoes, it's hard to even describe. I mean, the pictures don't do it justice, and the the heartbreak, and yet, in spite of all that, just the coming together of the community, uh, it was very heartfelt, and um, um, something that I'll remember, and was glad that we could be there supporting Mayor Lamb. I think I was there the day after you were there, and well, first of all, I think the response from the state was fantastic. You know, when, when I walked in, the mayor had a, an operations center set up in, in the council chambers, and just about every state agency had a table and a person there staffing so folks that were impacted could come through. So, you know, again, thank you to you. Thank you to the governor. I think the response was just overwhelming and, and so helpful in a time when it was needed, for sure. Another... Um, topic that I know is of significant importance to you, mental health. Um, You've been very passionate, been very open about the impacts it's had on your own family. On the positive side, we've seen great progress this legislative session in the area of mental health. I want to talk about a few of those successes and and where we're headed next. Well, actually, you know, our our, our string of successes started back in the 21 budget session when the General Assembly appropriated $100 million uh, for mental health. And one of the things that we saw that came from that is this past summer, the Division of Mental Health and Addiction announced $54 million of federal and state money being put into our community catalyst grants. And that is for 37 grants actually awarded to communities all over Indiana for innovative, creative things they were doing 
to help provide better access and quality of care for those that are struggling with mental health and addiction. And so that was a very big positive. Also last summer, we kind of rolled out our 988 suicide hotline, but we weren't, it didn't have it where we needed it to be. It was kind of a soft rollout. So in this General Assembly, again, they appropriated an additional $100 million to be able to do a couple of things, to provide the infrastructure for the 988 suicide hotline, uh, to where not only do you have a number to call, but now you're connected to people that are trained to get you help and then get you to the resources to be able to help you. Also funding to be able to transition our community mental health centers to certified behavioral health care clinics uh, that allows us to do more personalized treatment as opposed to a one-size-fits-all. Uh, and then, of course, there was money inv involved for response teams to be able to go out and help those who are actually struggling. So we've seen a lot of progress. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I co-founded the Indiana Mental Health Roundtable with John Lechleiter, the former CEO and president of Eli Lilly, because we want to harness the private sector resources to come alongside what the state's doing so that we're all working together. And in fact, last week we had our first Indiana Mental Health Summit to be able to bring together stakeholders from every walk of life. So we had faith-based leaders, we had elected, local elected officials, we had uh, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, the governor was there, legislators were there. And in fact, one of the speakers who speaks nationally around the country said that this is the first and only state she's been in where we have had a summit where we have included all the stakeholders. So again, I think it is illustrative of the collaborative spirit we have here in Indiana, where we bring everybody together and we get things done. Well, I, you're, you're to be commended. You know, my, my wife is a mental health professional, and I see it every day. The, the wait to get in to see these folks is not shrinking. Uh, it's, it's time to put, put our money where our mouth is, and I think we're doing that, and I'm, I'm glad to see the support that you've brought to the, the discussion. It's been needed and, and very timely and much appreciated. Well, and thank you to your wife. And you know, that's another thing. We have to be sure that those people who are caring for those that are struggling mm -hmm. also have the support that they need. Yeah, you know, we were mayor out in Richmond, Indiana, had an unfortunate situation with the police shooting a couple months ago late mm -hmm. last year. And, and he was talking about that to another group of mayors within our organization. And, and one of the things that I think really stuck to it to us and what, what he said was, you know, nobody ever asked how the mayor is doing. And, you know, that's an important component to this too. Everybody looks to leaders like you or a mayor in a city or town, uh, council member, whatever it might be. Uh, we also have to remember that the folks in the front lines are, are just as impacted too. Absolutely. Maybe shift gears just a, a little bit into a, another topic. Broadband is a, a huge uh, area. It's within your family of businesses. We know that there's been the you know, next level connections program that's been discussed uh, for many years and a lot of great work is going on in, in the area of broadband. You want to talk just, just a little bit about some of these successes that we're seeing around the state? Absolutely. As you know, this kind of became a priority for the state uh, in 2019 <clears throat> where we invested $100 million to expand broadband and then COVID hit now you know, it's more important than ever. Yep. And so the Indiana General Assembly appropriated an additional 250 million to expand broadband to date. 
To date, we've awarded $268 million across communities in Indiana, rural communities in Indiana, I might add, to be able to expand broadband. And when fully deployed, it'll connect 75,000 new families and businesses. We have, are now getting ready to go into our fourth round of Next Level Connections grants, and that will be able to hopefully get out another $80 million out the door, which will end up expending all the money that we actually had allocated for broadband. Now, we, that's not the end, <laughs> and we still need more people connected, and we know that that connection is critical to unlocking rural, rural economic opportunity. But with the federal funds that are coming from the infrastructure bill, we should have an additional at least $600 million to continue to expand broadband. And it'll be a priority of mine until every Hoosier is connected to the last mile. Because it's not only about quality of life, but it's also about economic development. It's about health care. It's about education. It's about making rural Indiana that place where people want to live, grow, raise a family. Yeah, you know, my parents live in, in rural Brown County, Indiana, and they now have, through their local REMC, faster broadband than I do living here in the metro area. So it's, that's just a personal example of, of how well some of these programs are working. You know, we can't talk broadband without talking your other family of businesses that you often refer to them as. There's probably none more important to cities and towns in Indiana than OCRA, you know, mm -hmm. the Office of Community and Rural Affairs. It's obviously been a game changer for smaller communities and larger communities to some extent, too. Uh, I can't talk OCRA without bringing up our old friend Denny Spinner, former mayor of Huntingburg, who you uh, intelligently uh, asked to come lead the, the OCRA group, and he seems to be doing a fantastic job. Let's talk just a little bit about OCRA and maybe some of the CDBG grants and how they've been pivotal in rural communities and any other cool programs that OCRA is about to, to unleash for us. Yeah, well, you know, this year, last year, we were able to award $30 million for grants that improved wastewater, stormwater, water quality in our small rural communities throughout Indiana. And this is increasingly important because the resources in so many of our rural communities are very limited. And so it's not, and they don't have the customer base to be able to go and say, okay, we're gonna make this improvement and by the way, your bills are gonna go up another $100. And so this allows those communities to have that kind of quality of life with their stormwater, wastewater, or water, drinking water improvements without raising the cost to the customers that they serve so dramatically. And so our being able to provide that assistance to rural Indiana is absolutely critical. And you know, it's those are areas that we don't really think about because we don't see them. You know, we only experience them if they aren't working correctly. And so our ability to be able to award this money and allow those communities to be able to invest in that quality of life improvements that will benefit their customers and keep the costs down uh, is a win-win all the way around. You know, we just completed a series of roundtable meetings around the state for smaller communities, essentially. And Okra has a representative at every single one, and to see the reliance that these small communities have on their Okra field reps for identifying grant opportunities and identifying other funding sources, it's, it's been a wild success, and I, I just again wanted to thank you and, and the team for making that happen. It's, 
something I think that most communities could not operate without at this point. Well, we're blessed to have the leadership of Denny Spinner because he's been there, he's lived that life, he knows what they need and uh, knows what it takes. Enough kudos for Denny. We'll, we'll get to him some <laughs> other day. <laughs> uh, another uh, business within the family, I guess to, is another way to say it, is a, a program that's maybe not as widely known about, but something that we're certainly interested in, and it's the My Community, My Vision program. Uh, you know, youth engagement is a very important piece to what all communities do, what all cities and towns do in our case. Last year, you, uh, you all revamped the My Community, My Vision program through IHCDA, uh, Indiana Housing uh, Organization, and brought in the folks at Patronicity, Creating Places. Let's talk a little bit about how that program has been going and where you see it going in the future. Yeah, you know, in the past, we just would um, reach out to young people and have them be connected to a university working through their mayor's office to come up with a vision for their community with the thought being if they can be involved in the process of you know preparing for the future then not only does that give them experience but hopefully that'll bring them back to their community because they now have an invested interest and so they would come up with these visions and you know that would be it uh, so housing decided to have that partnership with patronicity to where now today seven teams across indiana that are working with their mayor's offices and their elected leaders are working on a vision for their communities and then they work with patronicity to do the recreating places to look at how do they raise money for this project and this vision that they've come up with and then after they raise the money through crowdfunding then they will implement that vision. And so it really is, I think, a better kind of a reiteration of the program to where now it's not just they have a vision, but now they can see that vision become a reality. And quite honestly, that is what then will empower them to move forward and to be future leaders and hopefully come back to their communities knowing that they can make a difference. So as we wrap up here, Lieutenant Governor, a couple of weeks ago we had Brad Chambers on from the IEDC and we asked him about, you know, is there anything you want to share with us? You know, I said, I think I said, nobody really listens to this program. You know, is there anything you want to share and, and bring out for us? And he said no, but he kind of had a little wry smile and said, watch the news. And a few days later, the announcement was made that an, an additional $1.6 billion was being invested in the LEAP District by Lilly. So what big announcements can you share with us that we don't have to wait for the next few days to, to, to bring back to us? Oh my goodness. Well, I, I, I'm just teasing, obviously. I, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it's an honor to be with you. And you know, I started out my public service as a local elected official. I was a county auditor and a county commissioner. And that is where government is best connected to people. And so I so appreciate the work that local elected officials do. And I appreciate the work that AIM does in terms of supporting them and giving them the training and, and the resources to be successful in their communities. And please know that I'm always here to partner with you all as an organization, but to the mayors uh, individually, because they're the ones that are making it happen. This is a state where the success starts at the local level and moves on up. 
It's just, I wish we could get it to the federal level. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. Well, I appreciate you being on with us, the Hometown Innovations Podcast, Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch. You're always welcome at our events. Uh, we can't tell you much how much we've appreciated uh, your engagement with all of our municipal folks uh, over the last many years. Uh, and I'm sure it'll continue into the future. So thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you, Matt.